<laughs> Welcome to the Connecticut Show. Thank you for tuning in. This is Terrence B. Abney, and I am here with with uh, Travis Poppleton. <laughs> my <laughs> man, my man. How you feeling? Uh, I don't know. This intro is a little, a little, uh, a little off kilter. What's going on? Why, why are you so happy, Terrence? I'm sitting here wondering. Because you always hear these shows and people give these pleasantries when they start like a radio show or podcast or whatever they're doing. And I wonder if they're like us. Do they ride to the place together and talk before that? They're still a stain to pleasantry just because they want to for the fans? Just just for the sake of the show. Yeah. Like, like, like we haven't been talking for the last 20 minutes. Right. And then to do this, hello, Terrence. Uh, how was your evening? Yeah. Fans, do y'all want us to do that? Yeah, <laughs> do that's, you that's, want a us to that's a real question. To pretend like we just met here at the studio today—that's funny—and just started talking. Like, <laughs> and we, it, we hit the we hit the button, go. How you been doing? It's good to see you today. It is good to see you, and I love that you thought about this right as the show was starting. This is this is how we're we're leading in. Um, I suspect there is a play at the beginning of every radio show to answer your question. I imagine every podcast and show where there's a co-host they probably had some conversation before they before they hit the live button i would guess they did yeah but it just sounds funny to say welcome to the show now let's just get started y'all know who we are yeah no it makes sense it seems like a a a very social normal thing to do to ask how you doing right i think in a way terrence we become proxy for the listeners uh and and they might ask how we're doing you know, touche. It's very cerebral and meta at the same time. Yeah, I'm Terrence like, is making oh yeah, the. I'm making the my meta <laughs> sign. I do all these signs like y'all can see me. I'm making my meta sign. We're we're gonna change things up. Usually at the end of the show, I remember that we forgot to give a shout out to Bon Bon Vivant. So let's right away say thank you, Bon Bon Vivant, for the beautiful intro music and the music that will lead us out of the show. Most and definitely. Also, um. I wanted to know, there's another another podcast uh, that happens called um, Going Terribly. And they're, I wouldn't say they're a sister podcast or anything like that or a sister show. Um, but when we were getting started, I reached out to the one of the co-hosts from that show. And she gave me tremendous advice. And uh, they have a great show and, and they give us shout outs from time to time. And I feel like we, we should return the favor. And this coming Saturday. Uh, they're doing a 24-hour episode, Woo! which I think is something we will never do, Terrence. We will never do a 24-hour episode. I, I can't imagine the circumstances where, where one of us says, you know what we should do? We should start at 8 a.m., go all through the day, all through the night, until 8 a.m. the next day. They are doing it, however, this is the one exception, they're doing it for charity, uh, I don't know exactly how that works. I don't know how staying on the air for 24 hours brings in money for a good cause, but that's the story behind it. I guess people are going to donate money as long as they're on there. Maybe. Maybe it's like a telethon. And, and I guess if the, cause like was, if the cause was good enough, maybe we would try it. But let's, let's get to episode 20 before we start having that conversation. Right. Because I don't want us raising $8 for a cause. And just, <laughs> <laughs> we stayed up for 24 hours. 
We're on hour 13, and what are we at? $13.22. (laughs) Thank you, listeners. Yeah. I mean, I suspect suspect our listeners are more generous, but it it might be a little rough, you know, with us just getting started. So uh, happy, happy fall, Terrence. Happy fall to you, too. It is getting chilly out there, people. Chilly. Walking in, I asked Terrence what the temperature was because this was the first night that has been noticeably chilly. Everything up till now has just been beautiful and wonderful, and the fall leaves are are, uh, sweeping across the street in the most beautiful way, and the weather has been very accommodating to uh, to allow you to enjoy that outside without, I would say, without a sweater. Maybe a sweater at night. Definitely sweater at night. This is the first night where I'm like, oh, uh, this is a jacket night. My body gets confused. This is a confusing time of year for me. I'm hot. I'm cold. I can, again, I understand why we see these shows now sometimes where the men would come out with shorts on with a sweater tied around there. You know, the old, the preppy style. You say old and preppy, that still happens. Yeah, no, it's such a New England thing. It has to be New England because I, I understand it so much more now, like the Carlton look. Because it's kind of kind of warm outside, but you're going to need that sweater. Even if the sun goes behind the clouds here, the temperature is going to drop 30 degrees. And you feel like, oh, it's chilly now. Then it go, goes away. Well, the clouds go away, I should say. And then I can take the sweater off. And what should we do with the sweater? This I'm telling you all the story of why people wear the sweater around their neck. Because that's what happens. They're like, what should I do with the sweater now? It's tied around my waist. It's like, no, nah, don't tie it around your waist anymore. People can't see your shorts that way. You know what? You should tie it up here like an ascot. And then that's the adventure of the tied sweater around the neck. That started in New England. I I honestly don't think you're too far off. Um, this is the first time in my life I've thought about why they do that. I, I always thought it was just a very bizarre style choice. But now that you're seeing it out loud, it does make sense. Uh, if you're going out on a boat, if you're climbing Mount Washington... If you're just out in New England during the fall, the temperatures might change quickly enough that 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 sweater's appropriate for 10 to 15 minutes, and then it's not appropriate anymore 10 to 15 minutes later. So before this episode, I had no idea. Not only did I not have an idea, I was never curious (laughs) (laughs) why why anyone would do that look. And now I know. Now I know. Thanks, Terrence. Yeah, I just blocked out all that. I just want what I heard Travis do was throw a dig on Mount Washington to me again. (laughs) <laughs> I did. I, I did I slip that in. Out. I called it, everybody. And any returner listener, if you called it, I called it too. I appreciate the love of you all saying, why is Travis calling Terrence out like that about Mount Washington? Should have let that go. Call, calling out his fears. Yeah. That, that <laughs> said, uh, that, yeah, that's how I show gratitude for you, you teaching me a little bit about New England. Indeed. So, yeah, but go ahead. Hot and cold at the same time. Hot and, and cold. Seasonal affective disorder. It is getting, it is getting uh, dark earlier, significantly earlier now. Wait, wait, what? What was that phrase you just said? Seasonal affective disorder. Sad. They call it SAS. I think I think you've mentioned this. Uh, help help our listeners understand and and remind me what that phrase means exactly. It is when people, a person's attitude, or people's attitudes change as the weather gets darker. And the weather gets a little gloomier. And to be honest, I never heard of it until I moved up here. And I understand why it is 
a little more common up here because compared to the South, and I don't know about uh, Southern Cal or Utah, but compared to the South, it gets darker here extremely earlier. Uh, and there's probably an hour or hour and a half more of daylight down South than it is here. Our, and so... As this time of year comes and you have these gloomy days or the winter hits and there's snow on the ground and all those things. Of course, as a lot of people know, the sun produces vitamin D. The sun puts people in a good mood. Um, there's a link there to people's, you know, people's depression levels. And so when you're here and that sun is going down earlier, people kind of get sad. and it, again, affects their mood there and dust seasonal affective disorder you just kind of gloomy all day you you led with that by saying it affects people's attitudes and i was just imagining like one day you like grapes and the next day you're like oh man i hate grapes like, yeah. <laughs> i just i no longer i'll like try to switch now. it up later i was like attitudes <laughs> might not be a might be a bad word but <laughs> um that is interesting i actually i feel personally google like, it y'all like my spirits come up as the temperatures drop but i i don't know if there's any scientific backing for that I personally just feel like as the temperatures drop, and we're not talking winter, um, but just that initial drop when we go from the 90s to the 80s to the 70s to the 60s, that downward sweep is my happy place. That's that's where I am most content. I can understand the temperature. I don't think it's as related to the temperature as it is the... The, uh, the actual interaction with the sun. Yeah. Okay. Like the... The weather has something to do with it, but I think it's more like the gloominess that can accompany fall or just one day. Because I always feel like one day is getting dark around 7, and then all of a sudden it gets dark at 5 o'clock. Right. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i take notice this season specifically. I'm going to try and, and, and do this in some sort of way that's measurable. I'll go home. I'll make a little dot talk about what the what the date is and just say how am i feeling today and over right. the course of the next five six weeks maybe eight each episode we'll do a little check-in i'll be like man feeling a little little depressed maybe it's that maybe it's that uh that cause and effect you were just talking about i used to be more confused i never i've heard of sads and i know some people who said that it affected them but when i first moved here i was just more confused and i thought is it actually getting right. darker earlier or is it me? So one day I actually called my mom and it was, it was four o'clock or so. And so I asked her, is the sun still out there? And of course she's answering the answer. I'm like, yeah, it, it is. Why? You okay? That's <laughs> kind of how she's, y'all don't see my facial expression, but I'm always give Travis the it, faces here. Yeah. It's quizzical. If you're and, wondering. And <laughs> look, Word of the day, y'all. We've been forgetting to do that. Yeah. Word of the day. But I was like, yeah, I'm good. I was like, it's just, she, I was like, it's like 10 o'clock dark here, like right now. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, it's dark. There's no sunlight. It's not, the sun isn't going down. The sun is down. And she was like, well, it'll be down here like around 530 or whatever. And I was just like, yeah, this is, this is madness. One of the things that, affected me wasn't so much that it got dark earlier. I think I accepted that okay. The weather is like a whole season ahead. 
for California. Mm -hmm. So I remember when when we started getting to the end of summer and things started cooling off just a little, that felt like California fall to me. And by the time we got to Halloween and we were in the Halloween weather, the late October weather, that felt like the the holiday season, the November, December for California. And then there's just, then it gets colder. So for me, I felt like I was a full season ahead and I still feel this some ways. Mm -hmm. I still feel like... Um, when we start hitting October, I'm like, man, I'm so ready for people to start putting those lights out on their house and and celebrating their holidays and really getting into whatever festive spirit or whatever celebration they enjoy. And it's October, right? And then you see the great pumpkin. And I love the great pumpkin and I love the fall here. And I, I kind of have to remind myself that this is, you know, this is an experience here. This is fall here. And, and I love it and I embrace it fully. But by the time we get to snow, by the time we're getting to actual winter, then that's just foreign to me. You know, mm -hmm. there's no there's no point of reference from my childhood or early 20s or even 30s where I'm like, yeah, this is normal. I understand this. You're right. So for me, it's not necessarily the hours of the day as much as, as it is the months that I feel kind of disappear. That's fair. That's fair. Do you have that from the South? Do you have a, a similar... Is, did you acclimate here? Is, is the climate pretty one-to-one? -one? Do you have the seasonal fast-forward that I have? Not really. Not in that way. I just remember at one time thinking it just yeah it just gets cold really quick. That's that's like my one takeaway. I kept remembering. And and this happens in the South, too. You can go out, it'll get chilly, and you're like, I wish I'd have brought my jacket. And I just multiply that by times, <laughs> you know, 10 here. Right. Of like, oh, no, I really should have brought a jacket. It, it, it matter of fact, the best way to put it for me is like, if I went out during, the, during this time of year and didn't have my jacket and it got cold, versus where it would have been like, oh, I should have brought my jacket to hang out, you know. Right. Neither would be like, now here the now to be like, oh no, we can't do anything outside. I don't have my jacket. I probably need to go home. There is a fashion you may want to embrace where you take a sweater and throw it over your shoulders, and that might be exactly what you need for situations like this. I like that idea. That's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> Coined here at the Connecticut Show. Right. Uh, Trademark. <laughs> yeah. If you have comments on anything we've said, if you want to explain why I am happier in the winter, or at least in the fall. Then Terrence, go ahead and get us at info at Connecticut.show or just go out to the website where there'll be pictures of our glorious fall adventures. And I say this, but we kind of neglect the website a little bit. We get the shows out there. We get the post of the show. But um, from time to time, we're like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put that on the website. And they're kind of empty promises. We're going we're gonna to get better about them. So going into the fall episode, Terrence. Indeed. I'm going to start with just a general question. Is the fall an exciting time for you? Is this your season? Do you feel a connection with it? Where where are you in the in the whole New England fall festivities? Despite what I said, so I want to say, I do want to say this. As far as fashion, I actually really do like fall fashion as far as clothing. Because I do like being able to layer as far as the fashion being able to wear a sweater 
or or a sweater vest. I know some of you don't think that's cool, but it's so cool. Thank you. But so I like that about the fashion. I like the fall colors um, as far as just, you know, the oranges, the browns and things like that, that you can bring out and be able to make things pop. I like that about the fall um, as far as, again, fall fashion. Um, I'll, part of that, though, is the weather. Like, I actually like, even though I said it gets cold quickly, it doesn't get cold, cold. So I like the fact that it's kind of what you were saying. It's not too cold yet. I don't need the the goose down or the Canada jacket. Uh, I could still go around and look cute in a fake pea coat or a zip up sweater and be comfortable. I don't think I've ever seen you in a pea coat, but keep going. Yeah, uh, I look good in one. Just to be clear. <laughs> good. No, I I can't wait to see it. We'll put that on the website too. I feel yeah. like um, I feel like there are. You know, the different seasons here, when people talk about the four seasons, you get all of them here. And if we're telling people to travel here, if people are thinking, when should I come to New England? Um, I think there's a case to be made for summer, fall, and winter. Uh, and we'll talk more about the holiday season here in, in a couple of weeks, actually. Right. Um, and I think there's a lot of charm here during that time. I, I think the summer has reasons to be here. I don't, I think there's like three weeks of spring that are just glorious. And then the hatches start to happen. The bugs start to come <laughs> and we'll, you know, we'll get to that eventually too. But for me, the reason to come to new England is the fall. I would say, I was going to agree. If I had to, if I had to rank them fall, would probably be number one. It's it just, you know, we're going to talk about this in a second, I believe, but the apple picking. Like, that's one of the, the there's apple picking. People go pumpkin picking. And I know that's things you do other places, but, I mean, in this area, really, it's just ama amazing, such a overused word. But I'll say, I thought it was very interesting. Like, and you've seen this before, we just drive around and there's just apple trees with just apples that I always feel is a kind of waste because nobody's really picking them, but we just have apple trees just sprouting fruit and again at the same time you're seeing the colors in the background um again me and you went and took some cool pictures not too long ago of just uh, the leaves and the the oranges not as vibrant and haven't changed as much as they usually do or i feel like or much as they are going to but still just a nice little color blend there um, and just when you think about just the heels and everything, again, it, I think it's just a good, it, it's, it's, it's a good vibe. It's a good, you know, you could, you could come here, be at peace, especially on a really nice day. And we've had some beautiful days here so far, as far as some days that got into the sixties, seventies and just sunny, but still not, again, still not hot. It really beautiful days. You, you get some of the same weather in spring, right? It's just the nature of that kind of boomerang from, you know, season to season. The difference is you're going to get allergies in the spring. If you have allergies, they're going to hit you. The bugs come out in the spring. Uh, the humidity comes in the spring. And when it comes to fall, the humidity dissipates, the bugs go away. Uh, you're not going to get allergies and you're still going to have these beautiful color changes. Uh, I think everything right with the world happens in the fall. Yeah. And one other thing, and I think you were kind of hinting at this idea, is in other places, people decorate to kind of celebrate fall. 
but the way that they're decorating, and I, I can at least speak to, to some of the West Coast on this. You'll go into a shop and you'll see that suddenly their fall decorations are out and their fall decorations are authentically what happens here. There's no reason to do those kind of decorations here because that's just going down the road. There's a, um, a really beautiful farm, Stern's Family Farm. I don't know if you've been there. It's just a few blocks from us, maybe five, six minutes, mm-hmm. maybe seven, 15 mi- minutes. <laughs> it's, probably, um, it's probably 30. I always take, like when family members come from out west here to see me, I always take them up there and just to show them, like, you know, back home, back in the west, if you see a shop like this, it's a gimmick. Mm-hmm. It's something that they do to kind of get that New Englandy fall fill. But this is it. Like this is legitimately the establishment. There's no show here. Right. That quaint, cozy um, charm that people are trying to capture everywhere else. This is just a Wednesday to them. Right. And so I don't. I don't know of a place that can celebrate this season as authentically as we do here in New England. Right. Now, it's a good point. I love that and uh, and, and agree. And you remind me of there's another store, I think the opposite way. Um, or you'll find a couple of these just when you go to any general store, the old, the old general stores that used to serve the neighborhoods, we still have a couple of those around. And same thing, you go in there and they're just, they have, they have a whole bunch of stuff that's, I would say, weird in a way, but they really do just capture like what you would think you would find in a small neighborhood <laughs> store <laughs> on a nice fall day. Yeah. And and it's funny, like all those decorations, I like what you said, all those decorations you might buy like a little reef with some mixes of colors in there. You get actually probably go get some sticks find the leaves here yeah you could do um, it in your backyard yeah yeah i think matter of fact neighbor neighbor dave actually does that right just yeah. g- gets a real stalk of corn and just sticks it on the bench like right outside right at the bus stop and gets a real pumpkin and just sits it up there and it doesn't even look like decoration that's the funny thing that's to the point like at that general store at that farm that stuff sits there and you know somebody put it there for decoration but it doesn't really look like decoration. It blends right in here because that's just the aesthetic of the neighborhood and the towns anyway. Yeah, you made me think we probably need a segment called Neighbor Dave because I feel like every time we go to his house, there's some amazing thing happen that, that's totally commonplace there. You just you go say hi to him and you see him like getting wood bent. He's shaping wood and you're yes. like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just building a toboggan. Winter's coming, you know? Right. <laughs> and not just like I'm, doing this as a hobby, that toboggan is going to be picture perfect. Norman Rockwell. It was a beautiful <laughs> toboggan. And that's, that's what it's like going, going and saying hi to neighbor Dave. There's always, always something Pumpkins like that. Everywhere. Going on. Yeah. He does the extra mile and put stuff up, the lights up of like ghost figures up of made yeah. out of lights. Pretty, pretty awesome neighbor there. Yeah. Puts us to shame on that. Uh, let's go back. Like if we were to talk about some of the reasons to come to New England, if you do come to New England and you're trying to celebrate fall, I want to start with apple picking because I've never done it. What? I've never done it. And I know you have. You led me to think that you pick apples. I'm offended. Um, I don't I don't know the backstory there. I don't remember when I was trying to be sneaky about apple 
picking. <laughs> it was all on. It's the tone I read on the text. This is what I get for reading tone on text. Don't yeah. do it, people. It's a lesson we should learn. I read the tone of your text, and your tone said, "Apple picking." Oh, you go apple picking, and I read it like, "Oh, you go apple picking too." Yeah, but so did you, do I. Did you notice there was no two or so do I on that text? It goes back to the point. <laughs> That's why we should not read tone uh, on text. No, I'll tell you exactly what that meant. That meant, oh, you can speak to apple picking on the show. That's why I wanted <laughs> to know if you and apple picking because I can't speak to it. Uh, so let's start with that. Now I wish I really hadn't went apple picking and we'd be stuck right now. <laughs> because um, it looks beautiful. If you go out to Instagram and you look at people picking apples, it seems very seasonal. But when I start to actually consider what that would be like, that sounds like a chore. It sounds like I'm, go <laughs> I'm going out. It's not too different than weeding. Uh, so it's, it's one of the reasons that I, I have a fond imagination setting for it like oh that sounds quaint right but at the same time it does not sound how i want to spend my afternoon when i was working with the students that's one of the things that they would do every fall they'd always get a big group and go out and go apple picking with a group of students last time i went apple picking actually there's a group of students from one of the local schools here eastern state eastern connecticut state and they were there picking apples so that's the first thing i'm surprised it is so popular that so many people do it but the first time I went, I was, it was actually with a young lady, um, uh, ex, my ex-girlfriend. Honey, she's really an ex. I'm just telling the story because I got to tell it on the podcast. Um, somebody's making me, looking at me right now, telling me to tell the story. That's why. Sorry I got low on y'all for a second. Just got to, you know, my wife listens to the show now. She does not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, so, so the yeah, first time my you ex, go. My ex-girlfriend yeah. invited me, and I'll never forget this because I, I hadn't been here terribly long. The fall hits, and I was a group of us, and then she and she's like, hey, you want to go apple picking? I thought it was a joke. And so I turn around, and I'm like, wait, what? Apple picking. <laughs> and I, I do the sign. I go like, so we're going to... So I reach up. We're going to pick apples and like put them in a basket. I probably sounded like you, like you did. Like, <laughs> why, why am I doing somebody right. else's chores? <laughs> it made me think of back back at home. We go um, pick peaches, peaches sometimes, and that always used to be a somewhat fun experience, but not because. And apples don't do this, but when you pick peaches, the fuzz on them can make you itch really bad. I did not know that. Yeah. So I thought about that, and then I was like, eh. So, but I went, and again, going back to the, the seasons here, we go, there's, and a lot, and this is what I found that a lot of these places that have these farms, like the apple farms, there's, I've been to a couple, and it was there's a corn maze there. So it's actually like a corn maze there, and they're giving kids rides on the track there through the corn maze. Um, they also have like a haunted corn maze for this time of year. Um, not not M-A-I-Z-E, which I know is corn also, but M-A-Z-E, to be clear. There's a maze or like, you, you know, something you get, get lost in. What do they call those? The haunted corn? You ever been? I'm going to take you to one. No, no, I, I, I've been to them. I, I feel like every different farm calls it something else, though. But yeah. what you're saying is wherever you went, 
apple picking. It wasn't just an apple orchard. There were several different activities to. Yeah, they had yeah they had that. You could walk like I said, get on the tractor, and they had the apples. They prune the apple trees, which I should have guessed this, but there's just a lot of apples, and they're usually like on a fence, and they're pruned, so you don't have to have the little stick to pull them down or climb up a tree. So that was that was cool. But it it was a lot more fun than I thought. And then, of course, they always have something special about each each farm I've been to, the pick apples. They're, each farm has its own special jam, special preserve. They do uh, what, what, pickled, pickled green beans, pickled these things, because a lot of times they, and they're, they're making their money. By by selling other things also, I guess you just can't do apples. But apples is the main attraction. Um, hot cider, which is again, I don't remember it being big when I was younger. But hot cider here and apple cider this time of year, it's on the racks at the stores, and they're selling it at all these places you pick apples at, and then they have all these places where you pick apples at where you can get, you know, name name the apple treat you want. Casserole, pies, all that stuff. An apple casserole does not sound that good. It makes me want to, yeah. Uh, the pie sounds nice. You know, it's interesting. Um, we can probably get the owner of Stern's Family Farm. We should probably have her on the show because I don't know, actually, their their profit margins sound razor thin. You know, um, whenever I go up there, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people buying produce or right baked goods but at the same time it seems like there would constantly have to be a lot of people in order for them to to make a you know enough money to continue the farm to continue Mm -hmm. the work it takes so i'd love to have that conversation to see what it takes um what they do special in the fall what their season is like when do they bring in the most money um and how they do that so let's reach out to her it it is labor of love yeah i'd love to yeah Uh, coming from a family that had a lot of farmers myself, I can tell you it is the Lord's work. And I don't mean that in a, <laughs> they don't work that much way. It's, you gotta, you gotta want to do it. You gotta love your produce. You gotta love your animals. Um, I would say again, well, thank you to our farmers. Cause again, it's, it's hard work. It is. Especially keeping this up and then the cold snaps and then heck right now, climate change where you have to really figure out, how are you going to get this produce to produce? Right. Even in a good year, it seems quite difficult. And then, yeah, all the wild cards that, that fold into that. Yeah. Now, one thing I've learned here as far as just you, remember you always hear, oh, orange juice is going to go up. There was a cold snap or this is going down. There was this. I really realized that being here. Now, imagine the other place I can figure. I figure you would see that it is California and Florida where cold snap comes, kill some of the crops. Being here, I really see, like, okay, I can see how this can happen because, you know, to be honest, with the time, it could, it could snow next week. Yeah. And that's the weird thing about fall here also. It's been a couple of times where it snowed, like, literally around this time of year. Oh, on, I remember, I think the first year we were here, it was snowing during Halloween. The kids were, like, out in their costumes and right. just freezing. And so I appreciate that about, again, about our farmers and everything. But, again, going back to the apples, I think it, it, it actually was a fun experience, much more fun than I thought. There's a there's just a vibe to it. Um, Big E's gonna be mad at me for saying this, but 
there's a fair like vibe to it that's significantly cheaper <laughs> and less energy I have to put in to actually going to do it because it you know it's just you can chill out with you you can chill out with friends you're picking your apples it's you know I, I I would say going to pick apples here is akin to going to a maybe a winery sure. with some of your friends where it's just a big open field you go in there you're just chilling out you pick some apples you stop you stop at the shop afterwards, pay for them, and pick up whatever other things you like that um that the farm has. I wonder how many episodes without we the do, alcohol. I wonder how many episodes we do where we slide in this little shade for the big E. It, it seems like it's inevitable uh, with the C minus that we gave it, or I think you went up to a. I think you gave it like a B minus. I forgot what I gave it at the end. I you, thought you I gave it an A. Oh, no, I gave Rhode, be... I gave Rhode Island an A minus. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that's funny. We got to go back to the, I'm going back to the Big E next year. I don't know about you. I'm not going to drag Travis again, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to go at a time to where it's not the last day and I don't <laughs> feel rushed. I just feel like whatever episode we do, whatever the theme is, we'll say, you know, they did it better than the Big E. It'll be like our low bar for everything. Uh, so sorry for, for that Big E lovers. Um, one of the things we do or, or have done I would say on several seasons here, several fall seasons, is river cruises. I don't know if you've ever done this, but there's several boats that just go up and down the Connecticut River. Uh, there's also a train that goes down the Connecticut River, which we have not done. And I I'm thought you were about to say something about Mount Washington again. I was going to get up and leave the show. No, I, I do <laughs> think, you know, trains are so hit and miss because train tracks were never, I think, intentionally built for scenery. They were right. intended to get you from point A to point B. So when they're like, oh, this great historic train track, every time I've gone on it, I'm like, I can see why this isn't as popular, you know, as, as I'd imagined. Um, that said, the one that goes by the Connecticut River actually looks like it is, is quite scenic. But if you start going up the coast, uh, Maine, down to Connecticut, all the way up the coast, there will be like personal boats that will take you out. Um, there's even cruises. There's whole cruise ships that will go up and just view the fall foliage here. So I, I've always enjoyed that. I think there's something Ooh. about being out on the water, uh, appreciating the colors, especially on the Connecticut River, because there's often bald eagles. There's often uh, a lot of wildlife that you wouldn't normally see. We see a lot of wildlife, but, you know, different. You get a very different uh, kind of wildlife out floating over the, the river. The the river cruises to me are something that I think are a really nice addition to the New England fall experience. Mm -hmm. Have you ever have you ever done one? I have not. I have not. But since you said that my my wife loves the water, so I got to get out there one day. I have been out on the um, Long Island Sound on a friend's boat. So I have to. My plan is to get the radio show out there one day. So hopefully we can make that happen before it gets too cold and we're out there on the ice river. No, I really want to do it just because we could constantly remind our listeners that we're on a boat and they're not like the song. <laughs> we're on a boat. <laughs> we're on a boat. I don't know what you're doing right now, but we're on a boat uh, going into this next segment. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be lovely. So, um, so river cruises, apple picking, what, what else would you say is quintessential? And in fact, I think, this is important because one of the big things that come 
from people who love fall um, is the food. So one thing I did, I was speaking to the owner of Stern's Family Farm, and she is not a fall fanatic at all. She was like, it's like earlier and earlier every year that the fanatics come and they're like, where are the cider donuts? Where are the, all the baked goods? <laughs> and and so recently, she's actually started bringing them in earlier and earlier. And she's mm-hmm. like, as soon as I do, they sell out. Like, we're talking almost late August, I could put cider, apple cider wow. donuts out, and people will just kind of come and, and be thrilled that they're there. And I do, I do admit that I would probably be one of those people. Like, woo! Falls here, you know, because when does because fall starts technically on September? Yeah, only a month, right around only September around a month 20th. In, right? Yeah, sometime <laughs> around that would be the the autumnal equinox, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's when she would prefer it start. And we should again have her on the show to speak for that. But I do remember having a conversation with her, and she seemed a little annoyed with the fall fanatics. That said. Um, there are, there are some key things. Pumpkin spice, once you hit Starbucks, it starts going off the shelves. People love their pumpkin spice, lattes, coffees, anything with pumpkin spice, which I do like a good pumpkin spice thing, but it shouldn't be in everything. There should not be pumpkin spice cereal. Um, there are several things. I think the Oreos are not that great. I don't think they should have pumpkin spiced Oreos. Uh, so I'm not one of those people that thinks pumpkin spice, we need to Johnny Appleseed pumpkin spice and just go all around the country throwing what it about in the, there. What about muffins? Um, muffins are big right now. Like the donut, the pumpkin donuts are big. I, I love pumpkin, right? So a pumpkin, anything is usually quite good. A pumpkin muffin. It's the pumpkin spice. Like that's a very specific thing and it does gotcha. not belong everywhere. Pumpkin soup. A uh, pumpkin pie, a pumpkin muffin, pumpkin bread. Sure, I'm uh, pumpkin pancakes all year round. I'm thinking, yeah, that sounds pretty yeah. good. But pumpkin spice does not belong in everything. <laughs> that said, what what are some of the culinary experiences that are unique to to New England? If I were to ask you that, no. Interestingly enough, I have a couple of friends who have who have fall parties. Okay. Like this well, fall is here. They're usually in October. There's like fall is here. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have some people over. And one of the things that they always do is is a beer. It's a specific beer that they do for the fall. And I know that beer and, and just to be clear, beer is not a staple of my diet. And I know Travis has about food, but. No, there's the Oktoberfest. People go right. crazy for Oktoberfest, the, and that's all beer, right? Yeah, the breweries, the breweries here, and I mean, again, this friend makes makes his own beer. It seems to be a huge fall thing, and unfortunately, I'm not that big of a drinker, or a drinker at all. But I think it's amazing. It's a it's a it's a new culture to me to be around just breweries, and I mean, anybody who's in the who's in the drinking probably would, would love this, but yeah, that is a huge thing. Like, and, and actually people, again, making their own beer, going to breweries, brewery, I can't say the word, the word, right. Don't throw myself off, but, and people actually go to different places to taste these different type of beers that they're doing around this time. So I actually say, if you're a big beer person or a connoisseur, I think you would love, like, well, first you'd love my two friends, fall festivals <laughs> that they have. I'll invite you. 
even though it's not my, my place to invite you to, but come on over. And some of the other places, the breweries and the things that they do around the fall, around like the different fall taste that they have. Terrence and I are both not big drinkers, so uh, that's another kind of guest, type of guest we would need to bring on because we can't speak to how that is. But yeah, you're right. There's often craft brew um, seasonal beers. Right. There's even pumpkin beers that you see start showing up in the... Which I have seen those before, yeah. I've I've heard they're gross. Um, I can only imagine. Yeah, I think that might be one place pumpkin doesn't belong, but it it does show up. Because is it fermented pumpkin that they put into the beer? That's the. I have no idea. That just made me throw up a little bit just now. <laughs> uh, I do see, um, you know, there's baked. I think baked pretzels are kind of year round, but they do feel a little bit uh, seasonal. There are a lot of farm to table restaurants around here. And their menus will be seasonal. You'll see a lot of pumpkin. You'll see a lot of uh, uh, squash and, and so forth. Terrence just did a, a signal, a physical signal that I cannot for the life of me understand what he was saying. Oh, I was saying my ear itches. Oh, <laughs> okay. For, for everybody who wants to know what I did, my, my ear was itching, so I did a, my ear, scratched my ear. But you also pointed, so I was like, oh, man, is there something, like am I, is my oh, sound okay. too loud or something? Okay, fair enough. So that's where we're at. Um, was there anything else? I think you were going to ask me a trivia question. A fall, one of the most famous fall foods in New England. Can you guess it? So if I were to guess the most famous fall food, and we're saying, I want to get context here. Is the idea that I travel to New England, this is something I need to try, or is this a staple of the locals? What am I guessing here? This is from a local New England magazine. So still, are they, is the question, what do the locals eat around fall? Or is, the, is it like, a, hey, this is the, the food that we celebrate at our restaurants and tourists need to try it? Yeah, this would be New England's long heritage of comfort foods during this time of year. Okay. So I would say, yeah, when you're in the fall, you, you'll probably see this. You'll see it. You can see it other times, but definitely during this time. So around the fall... Is American as oh, is it apple pie? That is one of them. Apple I, picking, apple pies. I feel like um, doesn't lobster start to show up around fall and whoa. winter? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Look at that. Is Somebody's that, been studying. You is that one of them? Michael? The dish, lobster mac and cheese. Yeah, it's which really good. Actually, is huge. I, when I went to Providence the other weekend, when we were going to different restaurants, there great little. Caught me off guard, but kind of a great foodie place. Yeah. Lobster mac and cheese is just huge. And also, you're right, lobster rolls tend to pop up around this time. I would say late summer and in the fall, I see a lot of places doing their, their lobster rolls. And and lobster rolls are very state-specific, I think. Like, I think Connecticut does their lobster rolls one way, and Rhode Island does theirs another way, and it's... Um, then you got Maine. A state of... A, a matter of pride uh, as to which kind of lobster roll you like. But I, I, I would say that's anecdotal right now. We'll right. come back to that. Yeah, one day, yeah, because we talk about whether you like them warm or cold. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's always a thing. And whether you like it with mayo or with no mayo and it's just a butter-based. Um, and I, I feel like that's state-specific. Um, are there other seafoods, like is a clam chowder more of a fall? What? 
All right. Apparently, I'm not clam chowder, but yeah. Oh, yo. Let me make. No, no, I can't see your phone. Stuffed clams. Stuffed well, clams. Not clam chowder, but stuffed clams is on the list. No I, state in New England has embraced the eclectic heritage foods like Rhode Island. So says Boston Magazine. Okay. I feel like this is the time that chowders and soups start to become more popular, though, because the temperatures are cooling off. Nobody wants a hot soup in the middle of summer. Right. So it, I, I was guessing that a chowder would be would be right around this time. All right. You guess right. Can, you, can I'm a, What else you got on your mind, Travis? Uh, I don't know. The, I, I think from there it's just the staples, right? Squash and uh, pumpkin, <laughs> which is was, which is an easy guess. I, I don't know what else feels especially seasonal. We said well, apple cider was another one that we we yeah. spoke about earlier. As a it says a dish, but apple cider is on here. Chicken pot pie. Yeah, a good pot pie. That sounds that sounds totally appropriate. A Yankee pot roast might re- be really good around um, around this time of year as well. It says that this New England staple is literally the first entree listed on the menu of the hotel's in-house restaurant, Liberty. So says Boston Magazine again. As I wait, wait, which, which, which is the first menu item listed? Chicken pot pie. Chicken pot pie. All right. Now we know. So and next time you're in New England in the fall, get yourself a chicken pot pie, a craft beer. Uh, whoever's with you, have them grab a lobster roll. And a, and a nice chowder, and, and you're living the New England fall dream. And get a beef pot roast for dinner. And get a beef for pot the roast. Main, for the main course, I should yeah, say. Yeah, that's what I was thinking with the Yankee pot roast, right? I, man, that is such a great dish. I can eat that all year round. If I see that on a menu, it's really hard for me to keep going. I always kind of focus in on that Yankee pot roast. So there you go. So there's the there's the culinary piece, or, or at least the staples. Uh, we have a couple of activities. I feel like what's not as popular here, which is very popular in other parts of the country, are like the haunts, the big, uh, almost like million dollar production haunted houses. I don't feel like you see those as much here. And part of it might be just because everything's haunted Maybe. here. You know, you can walk down the street and they're like, oh, that's haunted. Or there's the the cemeteries and the neighborhood graveyards. I don't think we need the additional scare mansion that you would see in California, Utah, I imagine in the South. But have you seen the house on the way home? No. The farm? And they put that sheet up on their on their fence post? That's no. the scariest <laughs> I've seen in my life. So to Travis's point, there there are a lot of houses here that are old and again I don't want to say that New England has the you know, the market cornered the market on old houses but there are a lot and so some people will just put up just random stuff or don't need to put up anything they just turn off their lights and that's good enough it looks yeah. it looks haunted <laughs> and i would i don't want to go there i i think especially here just walking if you walk to your mailbox at night uh, it's pretty terrifying because it's so so dark uh and with the woods yeah, maybe it's not a murderer although it might be a bear, you know, could do a lot of damage too. There's plenty of things to be afraid of before we get into, you know, all the the latest pop culture fish, scares. Fisher cats. Yeah, fisher cats. Nobody wants a fox that's just really mad. Who knows? Just having a bad day, you know. Yeah, but I, it's funny you say that because when we first start looking for our home, it was 
in October around the fall, and so you get to some of these places, and the it's kind of you know it gets start getting kind of dark. And I remember Veldon now sometimes immediately being like, Mm-mm, "Not this place." Glad <laughs> we seen it with glad we seen it in this light, and we're looking at houses like that were built in the eighteen hundreds. Seven one built we looked at one or two that were built in the late seventeen hundreds, and it's just amazing that these places are just still around, still being used as homes and and they look and they look the part. Like you walk in, small hallways. I guess people were shorter back then. But by shorter I mean they're all my height, but had less clothes. The the closets are mad small. The doorways are just made for somebody around five foot eight, maybe <laughs> five foot ten, and not very you know. And I don't mean five foot eight, five ten, and like two hundred or one eighty. They were five foot eight, five ten, and like. Right. A strong 150, 160, maybe like that's how they are built, and so there are a couple of houses I I bet we could go in, and if people just turn the lights off, <laughs> and you have to go through that little tiny that little well, excuse me. The funny thing is that pretty big maze of a house and hit some of those tight corners, you'd be you'd be scared to death. There is, um, and I don't. We'll we'll talk about it for the Halloween episode, which is next week, but. There is a really famous place in Maine. I know I just kind of said there's no haunted attractions that are commercial, but like one of the biggest ones in the country is up in Maine. And the person there has a a lot of wide open acreage and he creates these like three to four story wooden structures. And I think at night they kind of add a haunted element where people jump out and try to scare you. But there's so much work that's done. They like build villages and they build it's it's a really elaborate setup because the sky loves Halloween so much. I think it was even on television. There's like the there's a show about who has the best Christmas lights. And then one year they did a haunted episode for Halloween, who has the best Halloween setup. And this attraction in Maine won for the whole country. Um, and it's called a haunted overload. That's what it's called. So if you're ever here in Maine around this time, you know, in addition to, you know, Salem and the the very obvious places that you would go, Haunted Overload, Haunted Overload, I think it's called, uh, right just at the bottom of Maine. It only takes about two hours from mm-hmm. here for us to get there. Oh, when so, you when you going? Um, I've almost gone, I think, every year during the day because I would like to see the structures look really cool. Uh, he's definitely an artist. He's definitely got a, a flair for for being super creative, and I want to see it without people jumping out with you know a chainsaw. Yeah, I, nothing about that's interesting to me. But I, I do want to note if you are coming here, a lot of people are like, "Oh my God, I want to come to New England during the fall so I could go to Salem." I just want to say from October first to October thirty first, Salem is a madhouse. <laughs> Trying to walk down the street is like trying to go to Disneyland on New Year's Eve. You know, it is just packed person to person, wall to wall. It's the biggie times 10. Um, I, I, I hear it's a fantastic experience, but you have to love crowds or at least be okay with right. them. So anytime after October 31st, if you're coming here to see Salem, I suggest November 1st on or the month of September. That's where we're at. We are coming up on the hour in our fall episode, Terrence. What else would you like to talk about? I would give a shout out to our neighbors also. 
we do not stay far, which I did not know this place really existed until I was driving up here one year. And Sleepy Hollow, it's a place, y'all, a real town, a real city. And so that's another place I think is really cool. Again, we always talk about our friends in New York and even though they're not in New England, I think it's just really a, a cool addition because we're so close to it and just being in that vibe and being around that type of mythology and being so close where you can actually go there. So it's all, it's always been a place I wanted to go and check out and, I've, and people have suggested it. There are two Sleepy Hollows, Terrence. There's a Sleepy Hollow in New England also? There's a Sleepy Hollow in Massachusetts. What? And that Sleepy Hollow is a cemetery. It's a Sleepy Hollow cemetery, and it has a bunch of authors. So if you are a fan of literature, uh, it's really cool. To be honest, I can't remember. We've been, we've been in. Um, there's like a whole lane in the cemetery specifically to go see these famous uh, authors of olden time. So if you are in Massachusetts, um, there is a Sleepy Hollow. But the Sleepy Hollow, the one with the Headless Horseman, and they actually have the bridge there. Yes. Um, that one is in New York. Uh, it's in, it's in it, well, it's in Sleepy Hollow, but the town right next to it, oh, man. Right. No. It's right off the bridge. If you come in on the, is it the George Washington Bridge? No, Tappan Zee. Well, the old Tappan Zee. No, it's the Cuomo Bridge. It's the Cuomo Bridge now, but the Cuomo, the Cuomo Bridge used to be Tappan Zee Bridge. So when you come in off of Cuomo Bridge, if you're coming into New York, what is that city? If I'm, if I'm leaving here? You're not leaving. You're coming in. By the way, you've just spent like $120 in tolls if you cross <laughs> that bridge. <laughs> um, it's funny because I, I, I know this inside and out any other day. Um but White Plains? Is that what you think? No, it's it's right next to it, though. Oh. Rye. I know Rye. No, it's not Sleepy right. Hollow. Oh, I, I can't think of the name of the town next to it, but I do. Terrytown. There it is. T-A-R-R-Y. So there's, there's so close. almost no really. differentiating Terrytown from Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow is mostly just the cemetery, uh, and I think there's like a street or two that's technically considered Sleepy Hollow. But then Terrytown is the surrounding area. Right. Um, and I've looked there several times for real estate because I've always thought it'd be cool to live there. But yeah, the, uh, the actual Sleepy Hollow is in New York. The literary Sleepy Hollow, the cemetery is in Mass. And they'll be great to visit in the fall. Both of them. Yes. Yeah. I haven't been, y'all, because um, I was going to go and some friends wanted to go, but uh, I got scared. You did not. You did not. You probably didn't want to pay the toll. Because <laughs> that is not coming over. And not that you have to come over the Cuomo Bridge, but if you're coming back, um, that is an expensive bridge. Is it expensive now? Yeah. there's a, It some, used to be $5 when it was a Tappan Z. There's a nice walkway, though. Like, they've created these walking paths across it that are quite nice. And they light up the bridge at night. It's quite neat. But we're talking about New England. Don't go down to New York. Um, all right. Terrence, we're at 55 minutes. Classic shout out to Bomb Bomb Vivant at this time. We hit him at the top of the hour as well. Good job. Uh, any last words? We appreciate you all listening in. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming back. If it's your first time, we appreciate you catching us. I hope you come back. And if you don't, guess what? We still love you. Still love you. All right. So for Travis Palpatine and for 
Terrence. Don't call me Terry Abney. This is the Connecticut Show. Peace out. Mama.